Welcome back, everyone, to the Faith Awakens podcast. This is your friendly university chaplain, Father Tom Hennon, joined, as always, by my co-host... Megan Grady, student and just overall human. I don't know. Yeah, I, don't have, yeah. I don't have a title, so... Well, you're... Yeah, you don't really have a title right I, now. Student. I, you're a pure campus minister. We've oh, mentioned right. that before. I should just say that. Um, yeah. I'm you, always jealous. Just give all your credentials. It's yeah. Fine. Uh, cross country runner. Yeah. SAU record holder. Yes. Yes. <laughs> By the way, congratulations on that. I don't think we Thanks. congratulated a- on the air with that. but Thank you. The uh, Yeah. So that was <laughs> three, four weeks ago now. When was that? That was a long time ago. A like long August. time ago. It feels like it was. It um yeah I think in August I I it was so uncomfortable for me to say that right there I don't like talking about myself in that context but and yeah. it was the record for was it a four K it was a four K four K and I didn't know I broke it until our good friends here at SAU TV uh, started filming and then told me about it I so. did watch that it was very it, it was, was very embarrassing. Cute. <laughs> It was hilarious. Oh yeah, my it was a. It was very reaction. you. It was very you. I started crying. You so. shouldn't be ashamed. It's all over the internet. Check it out. It's great. <laughs> or don't. <laughs> um, boy. Um, I know. So it's just us today. We don't have a guest on because we've had guests on the last couple of weeks. So we thought, well, let's just do kind of a little catch up. Um, on where we're at with things, and then um, you had a really good idea for a topic, and that is kind of talking about. Uh, why we chose what we chose to study when when I was a student many, many years ago here and uh, what you chose to study here as a student currently. So, um, but first in the way of catch-up, and I hope I'm not springing this too much on you, but are you reading anything interesting, watching anything interesting, (laughs) shows that are kind of like popping out for you right now or that you've been, um, you know, consuming? Um, I haven't been reading as much like in the past week or two as much as I should. It's hard when school's on. Cause it's you're, like, hard. And also it's mode. like, I just want a break and my break in my mind sometimes is just being on TikTok, which is like not good because blue Until light it gets before... banned. Right. You never know. You gotta, yeah, that's my excuse. You gotta soak up every moment. I confess. I have never once been on TikTok. It's so fun. Don't go. Well, there's a lot of priests on TikTok. I'm on priest TikTok. That's what it. That's what they say when like uh, something shows up on your feed, like of a genre or something. It's like priest. I'll be like, oh, I want to be on Catholic TikTok. I don't know. I think you would thrive, but we can talk about that after the podcast. Well, that, don't worry, everyone. Yeah, okay. I'll get them on there. There's a relevant point to something I watched recently on that too. But oh, anything else? Okay. Have you been- um, uh, besides that, uh, Shit's Creek is still my favorite show. I finished it. You did not. I did. Did you love it? I I loved it at the beginning. I loved it most of I think I just kind of got tired after a while of some of the same jokes. Okay, I get um, that. So after a while, it's kind of like, okay, this again, I get it. You know, it started to rub on me a little bit. I loved the fact that the family, I mean, there's actually a good message in there and that the family kind of develops over time and actually begins to love this community that they've, yeah. you know, been part of that is not, uh, you know, very much like them. But, you know, so and a lot of good gags. And I love everything that Catherine O'Hara does and Eugene Levy. And yes. so, I mean, I've, I've followed them for a long time from all of the stuff, all the mockumentaries they've done, like Waiting for Guffman and Best in Show and um, A Mighty Wind. And there's a few others out there. I love all of that stuff. Um, so I, I enjoyed the humor of it a lot. But after a while, it's just kind of like, uh, yeah. 
But yeah. I like I like bite-sized stuff, and those episodes are super Perfect. short. So especially if I am if my brain is toast in the evening, just to watch an episode or two of Shit's Creek, it's just like so good. Ah, it's it's a bowl of yeah. ice cream for me. So. Um, I've been making my roommates. Um, I'm on Claire. Uh, shout out to Emma and Claire. Um, watch that. Um, we watch it usually when we eat dinner. Like yeah. an episode or two. It's just really short. Yeah. Um, but the newest season comes out, I think, sometime in October on Netflix. The last season, the final yeah. season. Um, so I'm excited to when we get to that point. And, of course, they won a ton of Emmys. Oh, they swept it. Yeah. Well so. deserved. Very good. So um, it's, it's a well-loved show, that's for sure. Um, that I watched. Oh. I watched a movie the other night. It's called Enola Holmes. I saw the advertisement for that on, and I have wanted to watch it because I like all the Sherlock Holmes stories anyhow. Yes. Um, and I like Millie Bobby Brown, Brown yeah, from Bobby Stranger Brown. Things. Mm-hmm. And uh, But I just haven't had the time to like start it. So Yeah, it was fantastic. My, my mom told me to watch it. I thought it was a TV show. So I'm like, oh, I'll just like, watch the first episode. And then like I see like the time remaining, and it's like an, it's like an hour and 59 minutes. I'm like... Oh my gosh! I ended up watching it. It was it was very 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 good. I will say I saw I watched the preview and I did think of you because I thought ah oh, she'll love this because you liked uh, we both liked Anne um, with an E and yes. I thought okay the you it know, was kind of like kinda, that yes there's that vibe to it plus um, the yeah the just the kind of historical setting plus um, I know you liked the Sherlock series as well oh yes so fantastic I thought, yeah Meg would probably eat that up so I'm not surprised that you watched that it so. was so good I still can't believe I got you to watch Anne with an E. That was a really like that. big victory. I that I wish that show wouldn't have gotten canceled. That really broke yeah. me. Not broke me, but just I was really sad about it. Um that uh so that I watched the other night and then bookwise I've been reading on and off um an absolutely remarkable thing which is by Hank Green. Hmm. And I'll give a little synopsis. So um Hank Green is uh, the brother of John Green who wrote The Fault in Our Stars. Uh, an abundance of Catherine's a bunch of they run um it's called crash course they do a bunch of world history stuff for schools and scishow which is the science portion of it but um hank came out with this book a couple years ago and he just came out with a sequel so i'm like oh you know i hate waiting for sequels Mm -hmm. it's like the worst so um i started reading his book and it's basically this uh a bunch of these statues show up everywhere um overnight basically and this girl um kind of shows showcases it um on the internet and it goes viral and no one can figure out where these statues Hmm. came from and um the stuff that it's made out of is a mystery too so it's just kind of like navigating that it's very good so far i think you would like it i have to check that out yeah that sounds Mm -hmm. cool yeah Hmm. so what about you what have you been well um other than finishing schitt's creek um the other thing that I watched recently was the Netflix documentary, The Social Dilemma, mm. about kind of social media, which is going oh, back to the TikTok conversation. And um, I thought it was very, very interesting, very thought-provoking, potentially very dark. And mm. even at the end of it, I'm like questioning the because these are all like former insiders in Facebook, Instagram, oh, okay, Google, and stuff like that, one, kind yeah. of saying... Basically, what are we doing to ourselves? You know, they're asking some really good social questions in regard to social media and its proper use and its effect on us as human beings. And it's not like 
totally anti-technology or we need to go back to the stone age you know they're not these are people that are you know in the tech industry you know but are also placing limitations for example on their own children's use of you know social media and things like that which i found very interesting because they saw the potential and i think you know most of those that were featured in it are, are basically saying we know that there wasn't some like nefarious intention at the beginning to take this down this path but this is what it has done you know yeah when you ha when you kind of lock into the to the psychology of the human person and especially that desire for affirmation and reward and you start to do that through social media you help to create or exacerbate some pretty serious underlying issues yes. you know in terms of mental health and things like that and so they they share some pretty scary statistics with with a lot of that and so i i thought it was really thought provoking definitely worth a watch um it just kind of reaffirmed my own disdain oh, for all of this kind of stuff. Like, man oh, syndrome. I was into that before it was cool. I, because <laughs> I dropped my Facebook a couple years ago as soon as I could when I no longer needed to be an administrator for the um, diocesan vocations Facebook page. I said, oh, what do I have this for? Because I never checked it. And uh, my, some of my family were on it. But then most of what I would hear about my family on it would be like, Oh, did you see what, you know, so-and-so posted and blah, 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 yeah. all this kind of, it was like, you know, it was not a, something that was meant to like bring people together mm -hmm. and does and has done a lot of good and I don't want to like throw it all out, but it's also created a lot of division yeah. and a lot of misinformation. And especially right now, I think we're looking at that. So I thought it was, it's not a... It is not a bowl of ice cream kind of thing at the end of the night. Oh, I think I'll just relax and watch yeah. The Social Dilemma. Um, but it is worth watching sometime, uh, you know, when you have it, when you have a chance. I yeah. think it's it's really pretty fascinating. But I love a good documentary. Um, on the, on the lighter side, I started watching The Legend of Korra. Which I is, heard that's good. I I liked very much. If you've not watched the last Airbender uh, cartoon series, oh, I heard series, that's good. I've, you need to watch yeah. it. It it starts a little popcorny, a little little kitty at first, but it gets better and better. The story gets better and better. The writing is really good. Dave Filoni, who's involved with Mandalorian and Rebels and um, uh, Clone Wars and all of that, was one of the people that was very involved with uh, Last Airbender. Uh, so it's like the continuation of that. This is a new Avatar, the successor of the the previous Avatar, Aang, who was featured in that. Um, that in the last airbender and i think the the animation is absolutely as good the story is as good the writing is as good it's humorous tells a compelling story and again bite size like short episodes you know if i want to relax at the end of the evening okay i'll just watch an episode or two of uh, the legend of Korra. so i highly recommend it but i think you would definitely want to start with the last airbender okay i was just gonna not ask. that it you know you could probably jump in and catch on quick but i think there are some like inside jokes too that it throws at you that if oh, you had good. watched last airbender make a little more sense um so that's been good reading wise i have been you know much like you probably with your study i've been so i've been doing this doctoral program so i've been having to read a lot for that which i like the reading for it it's all right now we're reading on some of the saints and um, there are examples of leadership. So I actually I read the Rule of St. Benedict, which oh, I had not read in its entirety, at least not for a very long I've read time. read parts of that, yeah. Um, so that was good to, to encounter. And then right, right now reading the Pastoral Rule of Gregory the Great, which is really, really interesting as well. Eventually I'll be reading some of uh, the writings of St. Thomas More, uh, Don Bosco, John, that is St. John Bosco, and Dorothy Day. So I'm looking forward. Those are the other figures that we're going to be covering in this particular um, class that I'm in right now. So I'm looking forward to that. On the kind of fun side, though, a little bit, when I have 
chance to sit down and read just something to take my mind off of things. I have been reading um, a book called God's Graves and Scholars, The Story of Archaeology uh, oh, wow. by C.W. Serum. And it's, uh, it's an older book. And it's really well written in the sense that it, it takes you through these famous archaeological digs and tells them kind of like an adventure story a little bit. So it's kind of, it's not dry at all. Um, but you're also hearing about like the history of the science of archaeology and, and some of these major digs like at Pompeii or Tutankhamun's tomb or, you know, these kind of things. And I, when I was a kid, I was always kind of um, uh, archaeology and history buff. And I thought I might wanted to be an archaeologist at one point, mostly because I had seen all of the Indiana Jones movies. Oh, and yeah. I thought Heck that, yeah. you know, where do I get my whip and my fedora? Sign me <laughs> up, you know, realizing much later that archaeology is quite a bit more boring than that. And a right. lot of like cataloging things and, you know, whatever. But, you know, so it kind of scratches that Indiana Jones itch for Side me a little you. bit. And then I started reading a book called The Socrates Express in Search of Life Lessons from Dead Philosophers Jeez. by Eric Weiner. And it's really good. It's really funny. And it's really fairly light and small, short chapters. It's not like deep philosophy. His whole point in this book is that we've lost track of the fact that philosophy was always meant to be practical in the sense that it was meant to have an effect on your life, not just this kind of spiral. Exactly. Or mm -hmm. high, you know, kind of pie in the sky study. Oh, let's think deep thoughts just for the sake of thinking deep thoughts. That's not deep philosophy. Thoughts. Philosophy was meant to like, you know, ask the big questions so that I knew how to act while I'm on this earth, you mm -hmm. know? Um, and so that's the whole premise of the book and it's been good so far. Wow. Which, this is a great segue. Oh, because, is it? Yeah, because <laughs> we're talking about our, what we've been watching, reading, and so much of we, what we've been watching and reading kind of corresponds with um, the, the course of study that each of us chose. Um, so you are a history and secondary education major. So um, I was a history and philosophy major for a brief Twins. time history yeah. secondary education Twins. major. So there you go. Um, but why, I'm curious, I really want to know this, why did you want to be a history major? Um, hmm. Or which came first, the education thing, and then what am I going to teach? Oh, history sounds good. Or was it history driving it and then realizing, yeah. what am I going to do with a history degree if I don't teach? Um, I guess I've known at a very young age that I wanted to be a teacher, which I feel like, I mean, a lot of, I've heard a lot of people say that, like, I've known since I was little. Um, uh, I also wanted to be on Broadway, so I thought I could do maybe both, but um, the dancing does not work for me. So you could uh, play a no, teacher on Broadway. I right, <laughs> that's that could be. I'll just write my own musical like Lin Manuel Miranda and star in it. Oh wait, you could. What's the the King and I? There you go. The King. That involves Boom. dancing. Well, oh, ballroom, yeah, there is a lot of dancing. I could there. maybe do ballroom dancing. Um, but I I knew I wanted to be a teacher. Um, my mom taught for thirty five years. Um, she taught fourth grade. Um, mm -hmm. so I gr literally grew up in a, like in the school going to work with her. Um, and there's pictures of me as a baby and my teachers that I ended up having are holding me. Oh, that's cool. Um, so it's, it's just really nice that I grew up, uh, with such positive role models. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, that definitely came first. Um, I always loved babysitting. I always loved being around kids. Like, I'm I'm still just like a a big kid in a 21 year old body. Like I just I I love 
um, talking to kids and just, I just think they're the smartest people, you know, that I, that I interact with on a daily basis. Um, they just have a view of the world that Mm -hmm. a lot of adults, uh, us as adults kind of lose as we grow up. Um, and I just think that's so special. Um, the history side of things I was came in, well, before I came here, um, I was like, it was a toss up between English, um, being an English teacher, um, cause a lot of my, uh, favorite teachers were English teachers, but I also had a really good history teachers, uh, history teacher. So, um, I, it was just the telling stories aspect of it. I love doing that. I loved, um, discussing things, um, when I helped out in classrooms, uh, discussing like books we've read or, uh, events, uh, throughout history. So the storytelling aspect, which father Tom knows, I love telling stories and it's my favorite thing. And, uh, some of them may not be totally true, but, um, at least with the history one, um, I liked telling stories that, uh, or at least helping tell stories that were, were true. And these were real people. And I think that's a big, thing that I want to push when I have my own classroom is that the people we're learning about were real people yeah. and they had brains and they made decisions, yeah. um, made some tough decisions um, and not necessarily uh, knocking down their pedestal, but also just kind of helping them off the pedestal to be on even ground and understand, um, have students understand that like the founding fathers, you know, they were guys just like you and me, they're yeah. human. Um, so I think that really drew me to the history part of it. And also being here and uh, talking with my professors, you know, some of the history professors, they're just amazing and yeah. I love them all uh, very dearly. They've helped me just grow into a very well-rounded uh, thinker and um, got me interested in parts of history that I didn't really mm-hmm. know about or necessarily know I would be interested in. So. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, very cool. Yeah. I think for me, it was kind of the opposite where the history thing came first uh, and the teaching thing for the short while that I was the secondary education major <laughs> came second. Um, and the only reason that kind of went by the wayside was because then I went back to the seminary and realized, okay, I'm going to do that instead. Um, and I had to fulfill certain requirements in philosophy, which I happen to love as well. So that wasn't too hard to do. But um, you know, the, the whole kind of nature versus nurture thing comes into play a little bit here, too. I never felt particularly naturally gifted in math or science growing up. Not that I didn't love mm, those things same. or want to be or strive to be, but it just never seemed to click with me like it did for some of my peers or some of my own family members or even my dad, who was an engineer. Um, and so that it just never, it was always a struggle. It was always a, it was always a bare knuckle fight for me to really keep my grades up in those, those courses. And part of it was probably, I just wasn't as interested in it. Maybe if I had had a different teacher that kind of got me excited about it, that would have been different. But I know I was always, you know, in growing up, always more drawn to those, to the social studies and, and, you know, grade school, middle school, certainly high school. And among them, history, certainly, English, certainly. Um, so I loved, loved those classes that I had. And I had some excellent teachers in high school, too, that, that were uh, uh, teaching me those subjects. And so 
when I came to Ambrose here originally, it was because um, I wanted to be in the seminary. I thought I might want to be a priest, and we had a seminary here at the time. And um, in the Diocese of Davenport, if you were going to study to be a priest here, it meant you went to St. Ambrose. That was our <laughs> diocesan seminary. So honestly, I'll admit, it wasn't like on my radar necessarily. I think I knew of it. Um, but it wasn't really on my radar until I realized that I thought I wanted to pursue this. And then it dawned on me, well, I guess this is where I go. Um, I do actually have uh, uh, memories of meeting Meredith McManus um, <laughs> in, the, in the cafeteria of my high school um, my senior year. And by that time, I was already pretty well committed to coming here because I knew I was going to go to the seminary. But So she, she does kind of claim to have recruited me, which I think is kind of partially true. But um, uh, Father Chuck also had a role in that, my predecessor here as chaplain, because he was the incoming rector of the seminary when I came here. Um, but anyhow, so when I came here, I decided, yeah, I definitely wanted to study something in the liberal arts. And of those things, history stood out to me because I like history because you get to learn a lot about a lot. Yep. Um, so you get to learn a little bit roundabout about the sciences, and you get to learn about philosophy, and you get to learn about the arts, and you get to learn about um, politics and all of these kind of things. So I liked a lot of things, and history kind of threw it all at me and said, you can study it all, you know? Mm -hmm. Maybe not in the depth that you might if you were to major in one of these other things, but at least I, I liked the breadth of history and, and what it allowed you to kind of dip into. And then you could kind of focus it based on your own personal interests and things. So, um, and then I ended up being a philosophy major as well because for seminary you had to take so many philosophy credits and you had to take so many that it was basically might as well get the major. So, um, and I actually did like philosophy and I had some great philosophy classes here. Um, uh, that I, 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 yeah, I loved my philosophy classes here, and I loved the subject. I loved putting my brain through that exercise. And why I think philosophy is still so important is it not only teaches you like the history of human thought on very important subjects, uh, some of which gets kind of microwaved and served to us again under different forms um, in our modern era. Um, and so to be able to identify those things and say, ah, this is just kind of this thing again, rearing yeah. its ugly head, you know, or, oh, this is building on this other good idea that this other person had. And th those big ideas had big effects on, on our planet and on who we are as human beings and how we perceive ourselves. So I love that whole question of it. Um, but also philosophy teaches you not just like who taught what and what was, you know, but how to think, like how to engage the thinking process itself. And, and so I think that's very important. So yeah. I, I love those subjects. Only reason I was history secondary ed for a while is because I dropped out of the seminary. By my, I wasn't kicked out. I left of my no, own accord. Kicked out. I was not kicked out. Conspiracy theory. I decided. I di we we use the term discerned out. Oh, so I wow. discerned out of seminary end of my freshman year, beginning of my sophomore year. And then I decided, okay, what am I going to do with a history and philosophy degree? And then I decided, but I, I did have a draw to teach. I always thought I'd like to teach a little bit too. That was always in the back of my head. And I had, my oldest sister was a teacher. And, and so um, that, that was a draw for sure. But there was just no way I could do a triple major history, philosophy, and secondary education yeah. um, and really finish that and also get done what I needed to do to go on to major seminary. So um, had to, had to drop it. Yeah, it's so. interesting. I don't think a lot of people realize, like, and I guess I didn't realize until, I really realized until today, we were talking, I was talking with one of my history professors, and he was, like, telling someone about how they, every, all the history um, majors take the same 
classes as the history education majors and then the education majors take additional classes in education yeah. and i'm like oh, okay that's why i'm so busy yeah like that's why i'm busy um but yeah that would have been tough three yeah. majors yeah i yeah. mean there are people that still do it somehow yeah Ra rachel rachel weedman is uh one that comes her. to mind she's not education major but she's a overall legend she's got what three yeah i think uh what is she history philosophy, philosophy and psychology yeah so. and she laughs when she says it because she knows she's like man that's a lot it is a lot <laughs> it is a lot it's crazy but she's uh she's got a good mind for it and they actually do kind of weave together kind of in yeah some cool ways, i think they I really think. do complement so, each other yeah. yeah i mean honestly if if i if i have any regrets from my student time here uh i guess it would be that you have this opportunity to like dive into all of this stuff and i know that our brains are you know have limited capacity and we can tire ourselves out pretty easily so it's hard you cannot spend 18 hours a day in the library studying it's just humanly impossible but i do kind of wish that i had i had opportunities maybe to go into greater depth on certain subjects or do some reading on my own on something that interested me or take a different class um, and i did do a lot of that already but there was still other stuff you know when you get this buffet of an education yeah. in front of you and you're paying for this like you want to eat all you can eat. No, and right. um, so I felt like maybe I, I, I didn't always do that in my four years here. But mm. yeah. That's... But that was, but I was involved in other stuff too. We talked yeah. about theater stuff and you're doing cross country and that takes time and effort and it's good and it's healthy. You know, no, yeah. It's important. So makes you well rounded. Yeah. Mm. I, I mean, that's, that's where I'm at with. Um, you know this this university in particular and and uh, with the university experience and especially in the liberal arts uh, tradition all of that stuff is important you know um, in in forming the whole human person you know mm -hmm. mind body spirit and so uh, we need to be I think extra attentive to that and sometimes it's it's too easy to to become kind of ultra practical or utilitarian about it and say what's this worth or what's that worth or why should you study this you're never going to make any money doing that well first of all you might actually and second of all <laughs> in whatever else you might be doing that you make money at you might be better at that for yeah. the fact that you took a history class or a philosophy class or a pottery class or acted in a play or ran cross-country because right. it did make you a well-rounded human being it's also like when they if they ask the question you know people always ask the question where you want to be in five years or ten years yeah. and i always say like i i always just say i want to be happy yeah. like um i i think it's unrealistic to plan out your life now do i do that sometimes in my head yes but to have don't have like a there's no such thing as a concrete plan yeah. um because the future doesn't exist yet you know um it's something we're always going to be seeking so there's no sense in planning that out. You I mean, would, you would like plan, this Socrates but. Express book because it's <sighs> not deep philosophy. It's not like you have to have read all of these grateful. And it addresses this whole issue of happiness early mm -hmm. on to say, yeah, that's kind of the goal, right? Yeah. Everybody wants to be happy and not just like surface level emotional happy, like, um, you know, just kind of uh, a superficial happiness, like, but a deep down kind yeah. of like soul satisfying. I know who I am. I know who I am in relationship to other people. I know who I am in relationship to God. I know who I am in relationship to the earth. Kind of happy, right? Yeah. So. 
And I always saw like um, people, like adults kind of reading for fun, like these, these books where I'm like, oh gosh, you're reading that for fun? But like when you said about the buffet of an education we get here, the golden corral of education yes. that we get here, um, <laughs> that brought me to golden corral. But um, like those people probably, you know, they found that maybe in school or somewhere along the way. And then as at, when they were younger and then finally they're getting time to dive into it. Yeah. Whereas here it's like, all right, I know I'm interested in that. So then you get out of school and now you have all this quote free time. Not really, but somewhat if you're involved in a lot of things, I guess there, there's some free time, but it's just, it's interesting how you come back to that. Well, even the program I'm doing now, would I have had to pursue a doctorate? No, by no means. Um, part of it, honestly, for me is like, I know myself well enough to know I do sometimes need that external push in the back to get myself to study and stretch myself and continue to grow and learn. And so, and this is doing that. And, you know, so I'm, I'm grateful for the reading that I have to do. If all I had to do was reading, that would be great. It's the writing paper same. stuff that I feel stinks. the same way. And I think that's good, like me going into teaching, you know, if I feel that way as a student, I'm going to try and work around that or find an alternative thing for my students because it's like, well, if I don't want to do it, why am I making you do it? You know or what I mean? channel it in a different way, I suppose, right. or, you know, give them other ways to show their knowledge of Right. There's you know, so the many ways matter. you can show knowledge. It's not, it's not just yeah. a paper. I don't want to read like 50 papers. That's, that's no, terrible. No, you don't. That, I don't want to spend no. my night like that. <laughs> I'd rather watch, you know, a video they make. Or... On the other hand, having taught a few years, I taught religion at Assumption High School for three years and loved it. It was wonderful. But, um, you know, grading a paper versus grading, sometimes I would assign a project and give them a lot of leeway with how they could do that. I mean, it is a lot easier to grade a paper, objectively speaking, yeah, yeah. than like, how does this, like, you know, miniature play that they put on, you know, stack up to this seven-page paper grade-wise? It's uh, It gets a little bit tricky. Right. Um, yeah. But, but actually, I'm glad I did it that way for a lot of those final projects I would do at the end of the year. Because then, you know, the students that were more artistic would do something really artistic. Right. The students that did love writing and words would dive into the paper, into the research and stuff like that. And so, yeah, it's it's, you know... So I used some of my education. There you go. Um, education. I know. Uh, education, fi education. He finally got to be a yeah. teacher, everyone. I did. The yep. end. But my, I always tell people, you know, God never wastes anything. He'll find a way to use it somehow. <laughs> and, and yeah, so. That's awesome. Good. Well, we have, um, we have exhausted almost a half an hour just yeah, talking about all of this stuff. I'm looking at the clock. Stuff. I'm like, so I got to go to practice. You got to go to practice. And I got other stuff to do, too. But, um <laughs> Great visiting with you. We'll uh, we'll we'll uh, see about next week. And the theme music thing, I keep forgetting to ask Lauren, but we'll have our original theme music what is here. What's twenty seven? Soon, yeah. This we is we should have it by thirtieth, everyone. Yeah, I said we'd have it by twenty five, but right. Um, but thirty now we're shooting at least by episode thirty. We should have our original <laughs> theme music. All right, Megan. Always good to chat with you, and uh, let you. Uh, Close us out. All right. May the faith be with you. And with your spirit. Have a great day and a great week, everyone.